0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit You're listening to episode 44 brought to you by the I Will Meditate Bible Reading and Meditation Guide from stonesoupforfive.com. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast for real moms who are seeking Jesus, trying to live their roles well, and seeking to add a little bit more loveliness to their lives, even in just the little moments. I'm your host, Mackenzie Monroe from BoldTurquoise.com and CultivatingTheLovely.com, and today I am so excited for this episode. It's the first in our Christmas season after Thanksgiving, and it has a guest who I've been wanting on the show for a very long time, and that is Kat Kat Lee. You guys probably know her from her years of being in the blogging community and podcasting. I know she is one of my podcasting icons and gurus that I look up to, so it's so fun to have her on the show because it's just fun to chat with other podcasters. They know how to carry out a great conversation, and she was a blast to talk with, especially about her brand new book, Hello Mornings. For a quick second, though, I do want to mention something that I am so appreciative of, and that is all of you who have been leaving ratings and reviews in iTunes. You guys, that really helps the podcast gain ground, and if you haven't heard yet, if you're not over in the Facebook group, in the new year, we will actually be switching to a weekly show. So I'm so excited to be bringing on three fun new co-hosts who will be joining me throughout the month as we bring you new content, and I will also be having the regular interviews and that sort of thing. But it will be interspersed with these co-hosts who are just awesome and so much fun. I'm so excited to bring you guys their episodes. We've already got a lot of them recorded, and I think you guys are going to love it. In partnership with bringing on the new co-hosts and changing the format to weekly, we are also going to be launching Patreon, and that is going to give you even more extra content, challenges, and all kinds of fun things. You guys can be watching for that. It's going to be coming out the day after Christmas. So, keep your eyes peeled. It's going to be a ton of fun. So, if you haven't left a rating and review in iTunes yet, I would so greatly appreciate it if you would just hop over there, take a quick second, and do so. But in the meantime, let's get on with this episode with Kat Lee. Welcome, Kat. Thanks so much for having me, Mackenzie. I am so excited to have you here. I've actually been wanting to have you on the show for a really long time because you were a podcaster long before I was, and so I listened to all you guys to get, you know, tips and tricks on how to do this whole thing. So it's it's a little bit of fangirling happening, getting to chat with you.
1: Well, you know, I, I think I've shared this with a couple people, but um Emily, why am I blanking on name? Mom's struggling well.
0: Oh Emily, yes. Yeah. Emily,
1: I totally know your name. Emily I'm just Thomas. blanking. Thank you, Emily Thomas. Um, She calls me her podcast grandmother (laughs) because Heather McFadden is her podcast mom. Oh, that's
0: funny. And
1: Jamie Ivey now calls me. We just kind of had an adoption ceremony on her podcast (laughs) the other day. Yeah, I saw Um, your
0: picture on Instagram. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So actually in the podcast episode, she's like, well, can I just call you my podcast mom now, so I can be your podcast mom if you if you need I if will you take need that, that I be part all of our family. Day,
0: I will take that all day long. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that family. That's a great family to be in.
1: It's so fun to see just so many women jumping on the bandwagon yes. and I love listening to them. It's just more to listen to and more to learn from,
0: yeah, and there's so like there's so many women just doing such a good job of having genuine conversations and I, that's what I love about podcasting. When it's not all for show, it's just like you get to kind of be in the mix and feel like you're sitting at the table with them while they're just having coffee and chatting. and but there's so much goodness and like richness that comes out of it. It's yeah, I love it.
1: And you can listen while you're doing dishes or doing things that are unpleasant and it makes them suddenly kind of fun. I'm like, oh, I guess I will do some dishes now and hang out with my friends in my ears.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then like, even if I have it just like on the speakers and my kids get little blurbs of things now and then it's like, that's good Mm -hmm. for you too. Like, yes, yes, it's great. So, but for people who don't know who you are, I would have a hard time believing that, but would you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Kat Lee and I live in Waco, Texas with my husband, Jimmy. And we have three kids, a 15-year-old daughter, Anna, 13-year-old daughter, Allison, and a 10-year-old boy named Jackson. And I uh, run a website kind of community called hellomornings.org. And we also have a podcast called Hello Mornings. And it's it's all about how to build a life-giving morning routine. And uh, it's been such a fun journey. I've done so many things online. I've been online.
0: Long I guess time. it's 2000,
1: a long time, yeah. probably like 10 years. Yeah. And I've done, I've started and quit lots and lots yeah. of things. And so I finally feel like, okay, I, I'm an ENFP, me like too. Myers-Briggs. Yeah,
0: me So too.
1: it's taken me 10 years to finally <laughs> yep. come down to the thing that I am most passionate about. And that is Hello Mornings. And I've got you know, I used to carry all these different websites and things that I would do all together along with Hello Mornings and finally I've let each one
0: go one yeah. by one so
1: it's down to the thing that I'm most passionate about and, and so it's fun to kind of be at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm at a very similar point. I started blogging in 2007 and it was that same kind of thing of like, oh what I want to do? There's so many things like everybody says to nicheify, and then you're like, but there are so many things and I just want to mm-hmm. talk about them all and yeah, finally cultivating the lovely is what seems to have kind of brought together all of the pieces and made them cohesive. And it's so fun because I feel like there's a lot of us who've been in this game for a while testing different things out. And so it's fun to see everybody kind of just coming into their own now.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Very fun. Okay, so you have a new book coming out. And I do. I'm so excited about this book. You sent me the galleys a couple of months ago and I just It's deceiving. I'm going to say that right off the bat because it's called Hello Mornings, but it goes way beyond mornings. And you did such a good job with that. I think I was a little like blindsided by it. Like, oh, this is not just about like, hey, get up earlier in the morning because it'll be good for you. Like you take it to such a spiritual place. And I was so encouraged by it. So I can't wait. To dive into this with you, just like everything you had to say about love and God's love for us and His the hope that He brings us and His plans and purpose for us, and um, that starting our mornings are great, but it's about so much something so much bigger than just our mornings.
1: I'm so glad you you got all of that because it's funny when people are like, "So tell me what the book is about," and I'm like, "Well."
0: <laughs> it's sore about
1: mornings, but really it's about just jumping into the amazing things that God has for us in living life purposefully and intentionally. And, you know, I think I just need to sit down for like a week and figure out how do I how do I make it into a concise elevator pitch so that when yeah. someone says, what's the book about? I can really encapsulate what it's all about. But I'm so glad that that you got the heart of it
0: yeah oh absolutely and right off the get-go like I mean it was within I think I emailed you within like the first chapter it was like oh this was not what I was expecting it's so good I think especially like heading into new year it's the perfect Mm -hmm. book just like make your next year make 2018 about hello mornings (laughs) and just like really doing the deep work that this book has in it because it's it's that good. But we're gonna get into that. First, before we go there, I want to see if you could give us a little bit about the backstory on how this happened. I mean, we talked about you've been at this game for a while, you've had the Hello Mornings thing, but how did the book come about?
1: So it's funny. I actually never necessarily wanted to write a book. And you know, I remember growing up I always wanted to be Amy Grant or Amy Grant's favorite backup singer or, or something <laughs> like that. And I would hear other people, you know, different younger musicians, and when they're interviewing for an album release or something, say, well, I never really wanted to be a musician. I kind of just fell into that. And I, I just remember thinking, that's just not fair, because I have no musical skills. <laughs> but I would love to be a musician. And so now that I'm in this other place where a lot of people would love to write a book, I never really wanted to write a book per se. And then here I am releasing a book. And I think yeah. it It's all just kind of God's grace so that we don't ever think that it's anything about us. It's just him leading us where we can bless people. But um, I didn't want to write a book for a long time because I thought it was going to have to be like my story and it was going to have to be about me. And at some point I realized, oh, I can just write a book that just kind of helps people. And that I can have practical research and tips and ideas and a few funny stories and maybe some stories that might make people cry and encourage them and wrap that all together. And it can really be a gift about people. It doesn't have to be about me. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, that actually actually sounds fun because then I have to dive really deep. Because like we were talking about, I've been in this season of I don't want to just go wide. I want to go deep and I want to really, really be good at something and offer some deep value to people. And mm-hmm. the process of writing this book afforded that because yeah. to write 200 pages about something and make it, you know, something that people want to keep reading and that is really helpful, you have to go deep. Um, so when I realized that, uh, I think a publisher uh, met with me once at a conference and I thought, well, maybe. And then a friend introduced me to my agent, Don Jacobson, who's amazing. And I, once I once I got connected with him, it just kind of went from there. They had me write a proposal and then they sent it out to a bunch of places and I ended up signing with the W Group, which is a, kind of a funny story because the W Group, the W stands for Word, like Word Publishing, which used to be part of Word Music, which was the label that Amy Grant was on. Oh, and so that's awesome. it sort of felt like the little fulfillment of a dream when I'm like signing yeah. my contract. I'm signing with Word. And then I had to fly out to Nashville for a marketing meeting at the w, the w group headquarters. Wow. And then the other day I saw that on Amazon you can get a CD of my book. And I thought, that's perfect. I got my there CD go. with Word.
0: You got your record deal.
1: Right. So I'm still waiting for Amy Grant to call me to do like her Christmas show or something. But, <laughs> that's you know.
0: awesome. You could do spoken word I could Christmas do Christmas show.
1: Uh, right, right. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Well, I I just love that because almost every like blogger turned author that I've had on the show has just like some story of how God just like made it happen, made it like they knew like this is the right timing to be writing this book. This is the right book to write. And so I just love hearing those backstory kinds of things. So
1: fun. Yeah. It's just neat to see how God Brings people around and brings stories around just to the right time. It might not fit at a different season or a different situation, yeah. but it's just the right time he brings it around.
0: Yeah. And we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but I love the style that it's written in. And you said you were like hesitant about that, but it's one of my favorite things about the book because we're so familiar with hearing you. You know, we've listened to your podcast for years and all of that. And your voice so comes through in your book. It feels like you've got like a personal one-on-one coaching session with (laughs) because it's just like, I can just hear your voice reading it. And so I just, I loved it. I just thought it was so good.
1: Well, I'm so glad. Yeah. Cause a lot of people I know are so poetic and they tell picture stories. I'm like, I just don't do that. And you know, can I write a book in this style? But it's been fun to hear people's responses that it's very much resonated with them. So that's encouraging. Yeah,
0: it's just, and it's very readable. And even like I started reading it you know, a couple months ago when you sent it to me and then had craziness going on. And so I've been picking it back up the last week or so. And it's like, oh, but this was so good. Like, I want to go back and reread everything I've already read. And like, I need the hard copy so I can like (laughs) have it in my hands and mark it all up because it's one of those books that you want to come back to. Because this is one of the things I want to talk about is it's so like it's inspirational and everything but it's really intensely practical and it's got a lot of a a workbook component to it. So would you talk about how you even decided to to do that and not just have it be all your writing like you get people involved with it?
1: Yeah, well so my original website was called Inspired to Action. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very much who I am. I love to inspire people. I like to encourage people. But I want to. I want to see the end result. I want to see them walk away with something that they can take into their lives. You know, I don't. I, yeah. I would never want to go and speak or do a podcast and have somebody turn it off and think, "Oh, Kat's great." I want them to turn it off and think, "Oh, I can go do something great." Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of what I, what I took into the book. I want them to read it. I, I want uh, them to learn from it, but I also want them to weave it into their life, weave it into their day and, and challenge them to think through, okay, so if I just learned about how to start my day with Jesus, let me bring that down practically. What am I actually going to do tomorrow? Because there, I don't remember the exact statistics, but there's there was this study done, I want to say it was at in England, um, at maybe Oxford or something, that they had people uh, make resolutions about fitness. And there was one group that just said they would and another group that wrote down that they would and then what time they they were going to do it. Just like Mm -hmm. one sentence. And the group that decided on a time and wrote it down was infinitely more successful than the group that just said, yeah, I think this is something I should do. And so Mm -hmm. as I was writing the book, I thought, I want people to be able to write things down to really make some decisions on each of these areas so that it's something that can actually be incorporated into their lives.
0: Yeah, and you do a great job of... Breaking it down incrementally into these little bite sized chunks, like very simple questions, but really help you clarify what it is you're trying to do. And I just, I love that about it. I don't know if it's an ENFP thing because Mm. I'm very much like a planner like that too. I'm much more successful if I map out, like, okay, these are the steps I need to take to get where I'm going. And so this kind of brings me to my next question. I hear all the time like, well, ENFPs, we don't like routine. We, we like so many different things. We're always changing things up. But your your book is based on having this routine of morning time. So can you talk about how that works for you as an ENFP?
1: Yeah, so I think I'm an ENFP who really has big dreams, which I think is normal for an EFP, yeah. ENFP. Yeah. And so the practical part of me knows that in order for me to achieve those things, I need to have a routine. So if I can, like, get nerdy and scientific or whatever. One thing that I talk about – A lot in the book is is habits. And so, kind of the way God made our brains is He made them so that they're just constantly looking for things to turn into habits. So, if I tie my shoes long enough, my brain's like, okay, can I turn this into a habit now? Can I turn it into a habit now? Mm -hmm. Because everything that we do happens in the prefrontal cortex. And it's like this the part of our brain where we're actively processing, we're focusing that sort of thing. But once we do something often enough and we allow our brain to turn that into a habit, it kind of goes into this part of the brain called the basal ganglia. And that's where we do things like we drive to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And we don't even think about how to get to the grocery store yeah. anymore. Sometimes we just find ourselves ending up there. Yeah. And the more that we can turn different activities into just Things we don't need to make decisions about. Mm -hmm. The more it frees up that prefrontal cortex to to learn new things, to do new things, to accomplish more things. So if I can make a habit of waking up and starting my day with Jesus, and I'm not—that's not even—if it becomes something that's not even a decision point anymore, that I don't have to use willpower for, uh, then how that's starting my day off great. Obviously, I use my prefrontal cortex for my actual time with the Lord, but just that eliminating that decision point or eliminating the decision point of Am I going to be intentional about my day and look at my calendar? am I going to be intentional about my health and make a healthy choice this morning? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've just, I love to do lots of things. I I do actually like routine, but I also think I like it because I see the end result of it. Like I don't like to Mm -hmm. do boring, I don't like to do boring routine things. I like routines that take me somewhere, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I think I like... Routines that then free me up to do those bigger, greater things that exactly. I want to do. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, they say, what is it? Like geniuses, they, they eliminate all those decisions. So they don't have right. decision fatigue. It's just like Steve Jobs wearing the same shirt every single day because it was one less thing that he had to think about. And so yeah. it does make it easier to be able to do all that stuff that you want to do. when. And I think just as moms, like... We have so many decisions that we have to mm-hmm. make all the time and people asking us questions constantly. Like the more things that I don't have to think about, the better. Like for me, yes. meal planning, I'm like, I have to have a meal plan or I will lose my mind. <laughs> like,
1: right, right.
0: Don't send me to the store without a meal plan. <laughs> don't make me walk into my week without knowing what we're eating. Or it's just like, no, I can't handle it. I can't be thinking about that every day. That has to be decided in advance.
1: Yes, because we have kids coming up to us with all these random tiny little decisions that we need to make. Like, should Mister Pookie wear a hat yes. or
0: should he wear a bandana? I said, I'm like, I yes. don't know. Yes, absolutely. I've had too many of those conversations that directly come to mind with my five-year-old lately. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great point And I just, I think that it's, it's a, a myth that ENFPs can't have routine and, and be successful at it. Because I think mm-hmm. that some of the things that have been easiest for me is just like when the times in my life when I've decided this is what I eat for breakfast. Like, I don't have to think about that. I could just yeah. move on with my day.
1: Yeah, I actually I actually will often make a bunch of something for breakfast and just stick them in the freezer and then that's just yeah. what I eat. I just pull it out and that's what I eat.
0: Yeah, and it's those little things like mm-hmm. other people in my life would get frustrated when they had to have the same thing every day. Or I'm like, I just don't have to think about it. I don't care that I have right. the same thing. Yeah. Right. So we like variety in the big things, but not necessarily the small. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break right here to hear a word from our sponsor, which is stonesoup 5.com particularly their I Will Meditate Bible Reading and Meditation Guide. Now, Carrie is a good friend of mine, and I have been watching her develop her Bible studies and now this meditation guide from the very beginning. I actually sought her out after finding some of her stuff on Pinterest a few years ago. Because she does such a good job of melding real techniques such as drawings and doodles and Bible study notes in with real deep Bible study and I was so impressed with the way that she did that. She's a great friend. I've actually met her in person and I wanna tell you a little bit about this brand new I Will Meditate Bible Reading and Meditation Guide that she's come out with. It's a Bible reading guide that forces you to slow down and engage with scripture in a way that solidifies it in your mind and helps you think through how it applies to your life right now. It takes on average about 15 to 20 minutes a day, so it's not a crazy huge commitment. It's very doable. You'll read through one chapter each day and answer seven simple questions. There are six days a week of Bible reading, and on the seventh day, you'll review your work from the previous week, looking for themes God might be bringing up in your life, and reflecting on what you've learned so far. Volume one will take you through all of Matthew and Genesis and part of Exodus, Each following volume will move between New Testament and Old Testament to prevent bogging down in some of the more difficult portions of the Bible. None of the pages are dated, so if you miss a day or a week, you can just jump back in where you left off and never feel behind or that you have to catch up. At this slower pace, it will take approximately three years to work through the entire Bible, but it will be at a pace that helps you process and remember what you've learned, rather than read and check off a list of Bible reading with no real change in your life. One of the best parts is that at the end, you will have created a wonderful, handwritten, and personalized commentary on the entire Bible. I mean, talk about a legacy to be able to leave your family and to look back on throughout your life. I love all of Carrie's work. I trust that you will do the same. This new journal is actually a physical product that you can buy off of Amazon, and you can go to stonesoupforfive.com to get more details on it. Now back to the show. You know, one thing that that you said that that
1: made me think of something is you, you talked about ENFPs. You know, we don't. It's not that we don't. We're not allowed to like routines, and and it made me think about something that you mentioned. Earlier in our pre-conversation, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, but <laughs> no, so great. often we can we can decide we, we can kind of get in our heads what we think we should or shouldn't do, or, or we kind of label ourselves and mm-hmm. then we we limit ourselves instead of you know thinking about okay God God made me, and I'm sure everyone in that time period thought well a savior probably shouldn't be born in yeah. a manger, and you know it's just I think when we start thinking about ourselves in these limiting Mm -hmm. terms, we really, I mean, we're just limiting what we can be and who we can become and how God made us. And uh, I don't, yeah. So whenever I think that phrase should or shouldn't or whatever, I'm like, "Mm, maybe that's a little checkpoint for me to evaluate whether or not that's actually true.
0: Well, and I loved that part about the book where you talk about labels because it starts out as just, you know, well, are you a morning person or are you, you know, a night owl or whatever? But even just those little labels limit us from being able to say like, no, we can we can just decide to get up in the morning and be adults and get things done.
1: Mm -hmm. But
0: then you took it so much farther past that to what what do we actually believe about ourselves and what is, but what does God say? And it's so hard if you're labeling yourself or other people are putting labels on you to, especially if you've been doing it or other people have been doing it for a really long time to break those labels down. And the only way we can do it is to just keep going back to what God actually says in his word about us.
1: Right. Right. Because I think a lot of times we take on those labels because it It gives us that thing we were talking about earlier. It eliminates the decision. If I say... I'm not a morning person, well, then it kind of gives me permission to not try. Yeah. Or if I say that I'm not really good at math, it gives me the permission to not try to learn. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we can't be good at everything. And if we don't have that protection there, then we feel like, well, maybe I need to be good at math, or I need to be a morning person, or I need to be whatever, when fundamentally all we need to do is just to meet with Jesus every day and say, what do you mean for mm-hmm. me to be and to do? And and when we know that those core things it's never going to be overwhelming it's never going to make us feel um the sense of comparison because we're just thinking about what he's called us to and so it allows us i think to let go of that labels and just be like okay this is what he's called us to and then our protection is um you know well that's not that's not what god has for me right now right now god doesn't have for me to be a pinterest perfect party mom which which is what he has for some of my dearest friends and i love going to their parties But I know that's not what he's called me to do right now. And so, you know, it's 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 sort of the same thing. We're still living by labels, but the ones that God made for us, which are the ones that fit perfectly and are just right.
0: Yeah. And that moves me into another part that you talked about in the book, which is drainers or fillers, because you talk about really we do need to know ourselves and and Mm -hmm. what we excel at and what we don't. Not to say that we can't do the things that we aren't a natural bent for us, like even if we don't like something, we can decide to do it anyway. But right. I like what you had to say because about the drainers and fillers because it helps us to make better decisions overall. Would you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So one of my dearest, dearest friends, her name is Kelly. She has an absolutely perfect home. Like Her, her clothes are folded like she works at The Gap. Wow. And, you know, we'll just show up at her house and she'll give us a tour of every single room, including the bathroom. And it all looks like it wow. came straight out of a magazine. I mean, she's amazing. And I just know that's not how I made it. I love going to her house. She's super thoughtful and does amazing things. And it's a blessing to be there. But I've had to come to that point of realization that that doesn't that's not something that fills me to do for myself. Yeah. Like so folding my laundry perfectly. When I walk into my closet and I look at it, it doesn't fill me. Yeah. It really doesn't. I'd rather just dump all the socks in a drawer and do the sock finding game. That's more filling for me. And so just when whatever it might be, whether it's little things like that or whether it's big things, just knowing what fills you, what gives you energy, what brings you life and what doesn't is important. Like some people love to be around other people and some other people need to have alone time and recognizing that we're all made differently and we all have different fills and different drains is so 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 important because again otherwise we're just kind of playing the comparison Mm -hmm. game and and thinking of what we should be instead of what we actually are Um, my friend Heather McFadden said a a quote that I've pretty much been quoting everywhere Uh, she said should is not a sustainable why and I just love that yeah. because there's so many things, especially especially as moms, yeah. that we think we should do yes. or that other people tell us that we should do. And we just cannot sustain something that we're only doing just because we should. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's truly important, it needs to be something that we deeply see the purpose in and, and yeah. are doing with intention and with purpose. It doesn't need to be necessarily something that we love, Yeah, but we need to have that inner motivation. Like, I don't always love running. Sometimes it's really painful and uncomfortable and not fun, but mm-hmm. if I have a deep motivation to finish a race or to be healthy, that yeah. kind of overrides whether or not that very thing at that moment fills me or drains me. So just having that self-awareness of knowing what's going to bring us life and what's not going to bring us life, I think is so so crucial.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think just living by a bunch of shoulds is a fast track to burnout. Yeah. Because you just, you'll have nothing left if you're only living on what you should be doing. I just, I really liked, I mean, you just, you talked about in the book, um, like volunteering at your kid's school, like you're not the party mom, you're the chaperone mom, like, and that's okay. And you were talking about that comparison. And if we just could learn to, instead of compare like embrace like well thank goodness that person's good at that because I'm not, so right. I'm going to let her be good at that, and then I'll be good at this other thing. It's like, I remember, especially when I was younger, people telling me, well, like, you're just good at everything you do, and I was like, well, no, I only do the things I think I'm going to be good at. <laughs> like, there's a difference. Like, I know I'm bad at sports, so <laughs> I just stay far away from them, you know, and so I just, I think it's good to be able to know about ourselves, you know, what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't. Absolutely
1: yeah because it also then allows other people to thrive as well yeah because i love sports so i'm happy if we met at a mutual thing where everybody's playing sports you enjoy your time on the sideline that gives me more time on the court it allows me to thrive at what i do and you can thrive at what you do when when we try to do everything and things that don't even fill us but we just think that we should do Maybe sometimes we're depriving other people of stepping into their giftings and the things that they're called to. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think even just like as my business has developed and the podcast and everything, because for so long I think as a blogger and when you're you're just kind of still small potatoes and you're trying to do all the things, you're trying to Mm. design your website and you're trying to you know do all the editing and all the like all the everything, you you get burned out and it's you are able to thrive more when you allow other people to come in and do what you're not good at and that's been a big thing for me is like the podcast has grown and everything and me like i am not good at show notes <laughs> Like i'm right. terrible at that i should just let this other person do it who's great at it and then you know it frees me up to be able to do my interviews better or whatever i think mm. we just all thrive more
1: and i bet what happens there is that gives them life because they're excited to have something to do and a role to play. But then it gives you life back to do more stuff because that's off your plate and you get it back and you feel like, oh, somebody's helping me. Oh, they did this for me and I don't have to think about it. And it just gives you this kind of jolt of energy to do the next thing even better.
0: Yeah, and it's like that's the thing that that person is good at. Mm -hmm. And they may not want to be, you know, I have a friend who just is like, she would rather like melt into a puddle than speak a word into a microphone you know where i'm just like oh i'll just chit chat all day (laughs) it doesn't bother me at all but she's like she she craves doing those behind the scenes things and those are just as valuable even though they're not necessarily out showy for everyone to see
1: right right you know my my daughter loves to bake Mm
0: -hmm. i am
1: not big in the kitchen And so when my youngest son needs something for school, a baked good, this or that, like, Hey, Allie, you're so good at baking in the kitchen. And then she loves it. And then she feels so proud of herself that she's done this thing and made this thing. And, and then I don't have to do something that's totally not filling to me. And then she gets to do this thing that's so filling to her. And it just, it's a perfect match. And I think there's so many circumstances in our lives where we kind of stretch ourselves too thin and like I said it kind of takes away from other people's opportunities to grow as well
0: and you do such a good job in your book of helping people really identify that which I really like I think this is the perfect book I mean I already said this but going into the new year if you just need to like Get kind of that reset if you're thinking about your resolutions and all those things and what you want heading into a new year. This is a great book for just some really good introspection, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I
1: think that's so important because a lot of times we'll start to do something new, but you can't really add without taking away and without evaluating. Like if I just go to the store... Uh, you know, like some home decor store or whatever and just buy things I like and bring them into my home But I didn't evaluate whether or not I actually need that thing in my home or I have room for it then it just kind of it goes to waste and Nothing ever, you know, nothing ever happens to it or or whatever and it's the kind of the same things in in our life We will start the new year and think okay. I'm gonna do all these new resolutions and add these things into my life that are difficult But if we're not really evaluating where we're at, Mm -hmm. what we have space for to fit it into, then we're just trying to fill an overstuffed suitcase and something bad's going to happen with that. You know, something's going to get crushed. It's going to pop open in the middle of the TSA line and our underwear is going to fly out, (laughs) you know, (laughs) We, we can't add without taking away or rearranging. And so taking that time to evaluate where we're at, what we have room for what we really want to do, what's really realistic, Mm -hmm. those things are crucial.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it's so important that we get a good grasp on that. And I think your book does a great job. In fact... I'm with the start of the new year we are going to be launching a Patreon account for Cultivating the Lovely and yeah I'm really excited about it we're going to be doing some different challenges every month at one of the levels like homemaking challenges and then the other side of it will be self-care challenges so every month we'll kind of take on a new aspect of self-care and one of the months is going to be all about like establishing your morning routine and you better believe we're going to be using this book so ladies (laughs) go get it now go buy it right now so you just have it ask for it for Christmas so when we get to that month you're all ready to go because this book is awesome and you're gonna love it so I love that that's so fun yeah I'm really excited about it okay well I think that's a good place to wrap up so would you like to share something that you are currently doing to cultivate loveliness in your life
1: okay I will now this is a small thing I will say because we're in the middle of Book launching, yeah. which is a little bit crazy. <laughs> and I have one kid in private school, one kid in public school, and one kid that I'm homeschooling. So yeah. it's just sort of craziness right now. So but the one thing that I'm doing is that my my oldest is a sophomore in high school and she's very busy. She's in orchestra and they're getting ready to do this nutcracker performance. Uh, with a ballet company from from Dallas and so it's super intense late night rehearsals and then she has all her homework on top of it and so every night that she's been coming home staying up late to do homework I'll make her a pot of tea and uh, she'll just have a cup of tea and I'll stay up with her or her sister will stay up with her I saw the picture of that (laughs) yeah yeah last night I was like I just can't do it another night in a row so my (laughs) thirteen year old stayed up with her, and actually she ended up making her pancakes and homemade with. So I was like, man, I wish I would stayed up. Yeah. <laughs> but I just felt super proud of just the little act of yeah. having a routine of a little pot of tea. and and it's just sweet to see how my fifteen year old responded to it uh, doing it a couple nights. And then last night she was like, mama, can you make me a pot of tea? Aww. And I just think it brought that, I don't know. It's just that comfort that, okay, I'm not alone staying up doing the homework.
0: Yeah, There's this
1: comforting thing coming to me. And so um, I think that's, that's one way that I've been doing that.
0: And she'll probably always remember that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. Well, my way that I've been cultivating loveliness lately is silly, but my email had gotten like, ridiculously out of control which tends to happen in my life.
1: Okay, so what is that? How many how many emails are in your inbox?
0: Well, I have six email addresses and there were oh. 9,000 unread. And there were probably like 15,000 total. <laughs>
1: Okay, so just hearing about this makes me excited for whatever it is you're about to say. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited for it.
0: Well, I just like last weekend I sat down and I did like a mass archive yes. of everything and like just got rid of a bunch of stuff. I went to com and like took a bunch of stuff that I just knew I wasn't reading or added it up into cuz if you go to unrollme or maybe it's unroll.me. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And you can actually add it to like a daily roll up. So some things that you don't just want to have 8,000 emails coming in. You can just go to this one email and kind of glance through and see what they all were. So that was a big thing. I got it all reduced down to like 24 emails or something that I still have left. I've responded to, I think, everything that was crucial. And now, because you emailed me back with, like, a (laughs) smiley face or something, and I was like, what? Like, how did that happen? You liked my email? Like, how did that happen? So I downloaded the app that you had, which is called Spark, right? Yes, by Riedel. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm still messing with it. Like, it hasn't hooked me in completely yet, but I know there's, like, the the hope that this could be yeah. something that could really revolutionize my email. Reading. Okay, so can I tell
1: you the one thing that I absolutely love about it?
0: Okay, yes.
1: You can snooze emails. So, those 24 you can if you if you open it I guess I don't know if you've used it on your phone or on your computer, but if it's on your phone or your iPad, in the top right corner, there's a little clock-looking thing. Okay. And you click on that, and it, and it can say snooze until, and you can pick some preset ones like to later today or tomorrow or next week or pick a date, and then it goes away. It just goes into a Gmail folder, so it's easy to find. Um, but it goes out of your inbox, so you can have that joy and satisfaction yeah. of inbox zero knowing it won't be forgotten because it's just yeah. going to be sent back to you at the time that you pick, and you can access it anytime you want to by going into the little folder.
0: Which would be amazing because I honestly don't know if I've ever had inbox zero. Well,
1: you can do it because you only have 24 and you can snooze them all until tomorrow.
0: Yes, there you go. And then I can just be like, oh, I I did it. it. It's empty. Yes. So I'm excited about that. So anyone who's struggling with their email, go to unroll.me and get Spark. Because yes. those are the things that are going to revolutionize it for you. I'm just sure. Okay, so now we jump to what I call the stock questions. So, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay, cloth napkins or paper?
1: Mm, paper, because otherwise I have to wash and fold them.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm losing. I'm losing. I'm losing listeners already. They're like, "What oh. oh, about this lady?" I would prefer the real answers, so I think that's good. I Okay. I, well I would love to like aspire to use cloth napkins, yeah, that that's not happening. Okay, City or country.
1: Mm, country.
0: Okay? Paper or digital?
1: Uh, I do love myself some technology, but I think when life comes down to it, I need paper.
0: Okay. Shopping online or in the store.
1: Online, I hate shopping. Me
0: too. Okay, it's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner, and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music?
1: Ooh, actually, neither, because my kids are probably talking to me. Okay. We actually have a little tennis net out in the back, and so that's what I would go do.
0: Okay, okay. That's
1: right, but that's reality.
0: Okay, sounds good. Chocolate, milk, or dark? Mm, Dark. Okay. Sports or no sports? Sports. Yeah. It's kind yes. of an obvious one. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch?
1: Ooh. Broadcast. That'd be fun.
0: Okay. Favorite movie. What is it?
1: Pride and Prejudice The Kira Knightley Version.
0: Okay. I think someone else has said that. I, I probably know. lost more
1: people there because I know there's the diehard PBS <laughs> <laughs> yes. people. Yes. How dare sorry. you?
0: Go I know. for the, sorry. the abridged version. I'm sorry. Okay, where would you put yourself on the crunchy spectrum if zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like completely crunchy, legs unshaven, dreadlocks in your hair, singing Kumbaya by the fire?
1: Yeah, I'm probably at the zero not (laughs) crunchy.
0: I mean, I don't know if I'm totally not crunchy. I try
1: to make conscious decisions about things, but yeah, maybe I'm like a three-
0: that's That's yeah, pretty so low. Wonderful. I have never had someone give that answer. Almost everyone across the board says a 5 or a 6 no matter how crunchy they are.
1: That's funny. <laughs> so, well, I you know, yeah.
0: I'm just trying to keep it real. I love it. Yeah,
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not crunchy.
0: All right. Well, those were great answers. Thank you so much for coming on, Cat. It was a lot of fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I loved getting a chance to chat with you.
0: Yes, and I love that you're now my podcast mom
1: yes thank you so I welcome welcome to the family I'll let you know (laughs) what we're doing for the holidays
0: sounds great (laughs) okay I'll talk to you soon all right Mackenzie bye bye that's it for this week's episode, you guys. Thank you to Kat Lee for joining me. And hey, if you haven't snagged her book yet, today is launch day. So make sure you hop on to Amazon or whatever local bookseller that you prefer and grab Kat's book. We will have links to all of Kat's stuff, her podcast, her book, and everything in the show notes, which you can find at boldtruquoise.com slash 044. And if you haven't jumped over and rated and reviewed the podcast yet, then be sure you do. I hope to see you around Facebook and Instagram you can find me at Bold Turquoise there and on Facebook in the Cultivating the Lovely Prayer and News group. And until next time, ladies, when I've got all three of the new co hosts on for a brand new, fun filled, extra long Christmas episode, go be bold and gracious.